looking to get Russell back in here. Russ, we got you. Yapper, and all of a sudden I hear me doing the first hour of the show. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't even know how that's possible, but uh, it was weird. Mistakes were made. We're going to, we're going to, we're, we're, we're just going to brush it okay. off. You just, you just want right, to well, start over from the top? Or you just, I, I mean, uh, yeah, fire somebody and uh, unless it's Marcus, because I need him to do the top four and then you can fire him after that. All right. Marcus, what do yep. you got? At number one, a couple of moves in the NFL as the Broncos have hired their former head coach now to be their defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. Sean really? Payton, the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, announced that he has former coach Vance Joseph, who coached the Broncos from 2017 to 2018, where he was then fired by John Elway, the then general manager, after following a 6-10 and season, will now lead their defense. That's so weird, man. I always wondered about those type situations. Like if a guy could be the head coach, because I, I feel like we might have talked about that here at one point about like, I don't know who it would have been, like, like bringing Fulmer back as offensive coordinator. I feel like that crazy, maybe with Pruitt, like Fulmer being OC and like how weird that would have been. And of course it never happened, but so he was the head coach at Denver and now he's going to be the D.C. You have to be a pretty secure head coach to make that move. And you have to be a pretty humble coordinator to come back in that situation. Obviously, it sounds like Vance Joseph is that. And I, I guess, you know, Sean Payton is, is that dude. Like he's, you know, the Broncos gave up a lot to get him. And so I guess he feels like he goes in there with carte blanche. Yeah, he's actually not only the the he's not the only uh, Broncos co or coordinator to have done such a move, as Wade Phillips was also a former Broncos head coach who was fired in 1994 and returned as a coordinator position in 2015 under Gary Kubiak. So, Broncos are apparently well known for this. Interesting. At number two, Starchild has left his Oregon facility and leaves the darkness retreat. <laughs> it's, he actually did it like is there part of you that thought that's so silly and so weird he probably won't actually do it he actually did it he went and sat in the dark for three days uh and it uh did you notice uh what i picked up on it was a hobbit like lord of the rings yeah. place he stayed at very similar to the shire <laughs> are you seen the shore is he well yes, i saw he was, that russell he was drinking was the like, tea. It was like a snow-covered hill that we he was on. And then the room, like it looked nice enough, I mean, as a place to stay. I wouldn't want to stay in there for 72 hours. But he, um, the thing I noticed is like it looked really cold outside. And he had a wood-burning stove in there, which I'm sure would keep you nice and toasty warm. But wasn't it supposed to be just in pure darkness? Like how do you build a fire in the dark? luck very carefully maybe with a lighter <laughs> carefully some gasoline i don't know has uh, any word yet uh, did he see his shadow when he came out is he going to come back and play did he have any sort of i don't know revelation but... about life any truth did he see the face of god i mean what's going on here i, I don't i don't know but i mean if you're him this just i don't 
it's going to be hard for the Packers to trade him. I think it's going to be – I mean, if you're an NFL team, do you really want to deal with it with the whole circus that is Starchild? Yes. No, I, I, I can't imagine wanting – Every other week, putting his foot I, I in his mouth. Who, yeah, I, I want a quarterback who takes it seriously. And, you know, maybe if he had had a better season last year and you feel like, okay, this guy's a little bit wacky, but he's still being – he's not being productive, man. Their team wasn't very good. He wasn't very good. I know he had a, a thumb injury or whatever, but no. I mean, it's just the kind of money he's going to be asking for, it's not worth it. Like, I don't think he's going to be doing well. Now, if you're a team that – has some decent pieces and you plug him in. Could, could it be like a Brady situation going into the, the bucks maybe, but I don't know that there's any team out there that fits that description that is in need of a quarterback. So, um, I, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands is it sounds like the Packers are done with him. No. Oh, yeah. From the fans to yeah. everybody at number three, Michigan's Jim Harbaugh said that Blake Corum will miss spring to rehab his knee. The Michigan star running back Blake Corum will miss the spring practice, which begins this week, but is on track to return to full strength in June. Corum was a Heisman uh, Trophy contender before his injury before injuring his left knee, November nineteenth against Illinois. He played briefly, then followed. Uh, he played briefly the following week against Ohio State before electing to undergo surgery. Yeah, um, w- I'm sorry, I, I missed that. What's what's his deal? This is the running back from Michigan, right? Who yeah, blew his knee out? Blake Corum. He's going to be missing the spring practice, but they expect him to be full go by the start yeah. of the season. Yeah, no, no reason to, um, no reason to risk a guy like that in the, in the spring. No, not at all. And finally, at number four, a proposed California bill would create a pension for MMA fighters. Politicians in California are hoping to give back to retired fighters. A proposal in the California legislature uh, would set up a pension fund for former MMA fighters who have certain number of fights in the state. The bill sponsor, uh, Assembly Member Matt Hanley, told ESPN. The legislation was introduced in State Assembly on February 15th, and Hanley said he hopes to have it passed into law this year. So there, this is a state government? They're going to use taxpayer money? to create an MMA pension? Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, uh, there is a pension fund for retired boxers in California, which already exists now. The only such fund of its kind in the U.S. No states currently provide a pension fund for MMA fighters, so it sounds like they want to do the same thing for them post-career to protect their athletes. Man, I don't see how that would go (laughs) on on my my tab, because my advice to you is uh, don't don't do what you're doing as a career choice. It's that involves a lot of long-term uh, health problems. That's my advice. But don't expect me to pay for yeah. your uh, the decisions that you're making. But it's California; they do things a little bit differently out there. That's it. That was number four, Russ. Thank you, Marcus. That is the top four at four. It's brought to you by National Law Rex. I'm going to be out there tomorrow doing the thing. Uh, we get the weekend started off. Another week has flown by here on Fan Run Radio. So make plans now to come out and see me tomorrow. 
11-134 Kingston Pike, right next to Wendy's in Farragut, will be will be out there doing the thing. A little piping hot Jets pizza for you. Getting the weekend kicked off fan run style. Looking forward to it, as Jeremy Pruitt would say. Open lines. If you want to jump in, 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, 546-8200. If you want to jump in here this afternoon on the show. Did you guys see the Alvin Kamara video? Uh, yeah, and it does not look good. No. And not mm. only is there a video of, of the beatdown, which, you know, the – the guy goes down quickly. He's obviously out, and they continue to beat him and to you know Put stay the on the MMA down. theme. It's like when the guy gets knocked out on his feet and he falls down, and he gets like uh, those two shots into his face before the ref can cover him up, and he's just sitting there unprotected, just getting hammered. Yeah, either that or like real life, like wrestling, professional wrestling, real life, where you you know like you'll see it in the ring. There'd be ten people stomping somebody. Yeah, but it's entertainment, so. You know, they're doing it very carefully, but this was like that, but for real. You had like, it looked like, what, four or five guys just stomping on him. And so. then there's also a video of Kamara and his crew in an Uber or a limo or some sort of driving service after the incident with audio. And I, I, I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. This guy got messed over and, and Alvin Kamara's. Uh, facing a felony charge, which carries a uh, maximum penalty of one to five years in prison. Like he, he will be lucky to avoid prison. I don't, I, you know, I, I think that maybe he could plead. I, I, I don't know, I, but uh, he could go to prison for this. But there's uh, anyway, probably should footage of him in this vehicle with audio where he's bragging about connecting with this guy's jaw. So you've got him admitting to the crime on tape. I don't know if you've seen it, Bear, but. Uh, at the video, it's like a dash cam thing, and you can see the entire car. And so there are all these dudes in there, and they're probably wasted uh, talking about how they just beat this guy down. And then there's the driver. Oh. And, and he's just sitting there just staring straight ahead. <laughs> like, what in the world is happening right now? I mean, can you blame him? But you see the some Uber wild driver? things, being a driver in Vegas. Oh, Yeah. Cody's told me some wild stories just about Nashville. Yeah. That's what, like, I, I've heard some of Cody's stories Cough. in Knoxville. <laughs> like, imagine being a driver in Vegas. Yeah, he's got he's got an all-timer. I'm, I'm not going to – I'll tell it on VR. I'm not going to tell it on the air. Tune in after the game Saturday night, and I'll tell the tell that one. So. I, I hope he doesn't go to prison, man. I hope he's able to plead down and – pay a big fine and he's gonna have to pay this dude a big chunk of money i think he's suing for like a hundred million dollars or something i don't think he gets that much but he's gonna have to pay this dude off he's gonna be suspended by the league uh this is a major deal for him and a, a major um black mark on his career i would say been a uh, tough week bear for alabama with brandon miller and now former tied running back alvin Kamara on the docket that's that's a tough look that's brutal really no, he's ours, man. Okay. Former okay. Tennessee well, player to, Alvin Kamara. They tried to claim Jalen Hurts. I mean, they they said he was a f- former tied quarterback. Uh, you know, no. just trying to keep it consistent here. I, for I, I feel you, but no, this is this is our black eyes a fan base. He's he he belongs. It's to not it. our black eyes a fan base. It's 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 him. And the difference is 
I, as a Tennessee fan, am willing to stand up and say, yeah, he deserves the full penalty of the law. He deserves mm-hmm. to be stand in judgment uh, from a jury of his peers. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, he's going to, I mean, he's, he's rich and powerful. He's going to get a, a better shake at it than most people would. Cause I mean, it's, it's on tape. He admitted it. They've got him cold on it and it, it's, you know, I mean, it's not, you can't, you can't do that. You no, can't just beat another citizen senseless well, like that. It, it just like Brandon Miller, very lucky that he wasn't shot. I mean, he could have lost his life. Uh, you never know. You, you got a guy down on the ground like that. If Stomping I've got on a piece on me and I'm being stomped out by a bunch of guys, like you're in fear for your life at that point. You know, he could, he could have, guy could have pulled out a gun and shot him. They could have accidentally killed the guy. Yeah, that's what know, I was going to say. And then you're looking at a manslaughter. Then you are looking at a justifiable prison term. So it's just stupid, man. Just so dumb. And it's going to affect. I mean, he's always he's done really well with his endorsements. You know, now you're going to bring that into it. Nobody's going to want to pay you to be the face of their company if you're out doing stuff like this. If you're, you know, committing violent felonies. Did you see the Florida fans getting thrown out of that game last night in Gainesville? Yeah, and that was just ridiculous. Um, I wish – I'm glad he didn't. But part of me wishes that Kaysom Wallace had spun around on that guy and just dropped him. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I have a very different read of this situation, and this is fascinating to me because I, like, I, I think it's like a, a 50-50 thing judging from – uh, first of all, the way the broadcast reacted and then the way Twitter reacted. So if you didn't see it, I posted a, a video of this on my uh, Twitter timeline. You have to go through it because it's a stupid phone. I posted a still picture before I could get the video up there. But the video's up there of what happened last night. And they really only show they showed it a, uh, one good replay and then one not so good replay is really all we have. But if you didn't see it, uh, Kentucky playing at Florida last night. And there's a play where, uh, you know, they've got fans on on the sideline like they do now. There's three young guys there, uh, Florida fans. And Cason Wallace of Kentucky goes clattering into the sideline and, and like, lands in one of these guys' lap. As he's getting up to run back on court, because the ball doesn't go out of bounds, so he's trying to get back in the into the play. It appears that uh, one of the Florida fans, not the guy whose lap you fell into, but a, a guy who is, like, next to the guy, uh, has his arm kind of around his neck, head, whatever, definitely impedes his progress to get back on the in on the court. Yeah. And they they stop the game, and, and Wallace is complaining about it, and the officials, I think, they go over and look at it, and they show the replay, and, uh, and, and Tom Hart and um, Jimmy Dykes just go ballistic. They're like, that guy, oh, my God, I can't believe – I mean, you talk about pearl clutching. They, they, I mean, even if you think it's bad, like I thought their reaction was way over the top. Even oh, if you yeah. think it's intentional. Yeah, I mean, but I thought it was intentional. They stop and send this guy out. Hold on, let me let me set this up for folks who don't know what we're talking about. They 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 stop the game. They look at it. They you know they don't arrest these guys, but they ask him to leave. My interpretation of it was completely different than Tom Hart and Jimmy Dykes. And far be it for me to sit here and defend some jort wearing toothless Florida fan, but. I, I watched it over and over again. First of all, it didn't. I didn't think it was intentional when I saw it the first time. But after watching it 
20 times. I, I still don't think it's intentional. The, the guy was pointing at the floor. He's not looking at Case and Wallace. He's pointing at something else, I think, where he thinks the ball went out of bounds with his arm. And then Kaysen, like, runs, get back in the play. It was, like, to me, completely inadvertent, a complete accident. I think he was as surprised as Kaysen Wallace was that they got tangled up like that. I don't think it was on purpose at all. You think it was on purpose? Me? Yeah, I do. And I, I think that that's the problem with Florida in, in college games. Like, I get it. I mean, they have pro game one thing. I don't think it's a good idea to have people that close to the floor. I know it's great if you can get those seats, and I'm sure the University of Florida makes a ton of money off those seats. But, I mean, it, you should never – you should have enough gap to where these humongous, highly trained athletes are performing and doing their thing you got to give them a little space right outside the lines because they, well, we, they go out of bounds. That here. I mean, we've got that here. They call it Millionaire's Row across from where the benches are on, on TBA. Very high-priced seats, and, and everybody sells them now. But uh, I, I find it fascinating because I, I feel like it's 50-50 as, as far as the reactions. I saw a lot of reactions. Uh, Portnoy from Barstool posted the, uh, the video, too, and it got a lot of – like, it's, it's weird, man, because I, people – you know, thousands of people can watch the same video and 50-50 come away with completely different interpretations of what they're What's, seeing. Marcus, uh, have you seen the video, Marcus? Yeah, I've seen it. I saw it on your timeline. What did, did you think it was intentional? It definitely looked like he was pointing in a direction and, and got caught up. But my argument is, why on earth are any of those guys standing up when they see a player coming in their direction? Because they're trying to get out of the way. They weren't getting they, out of the way. They I were guess they, they were standing Casey up Wallace straight up. Was like six five and about two two twenty five two thirty. I mean, he's a humongous kid. Which again, why why are you going to try and wrangle that guy? Like, what are you what are you hoping to accomplish there? It just, I don't know. But I mean, he had his his the weird part of it, it, and it may be if it wasn't intentional, it, it looked a lot worse because his arm was like wrapped around like he and then he kind of impeded him and it, it just looked like he didn't like I, I felt like he could have let go of him a lot quicker and a lot smoother than he did it was like he it may have well, started off as an accident if, but then once he had him he, he kind of clamped down on him a little bit well would you would you not agree that if he was trying to intentionally impede him like he could have made it a, a lot worse like i, I mean well yeah but then then if you're that guy you're like okay I've stopped this guy from moving, but now this guy isn't moving, and I'm standing in front of Case and Wallace, superhuman athlete that can squash me. Well, I mean, again, like what if, like why would you do it then? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it probably started off as an act. I, I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows because only, only two people really. Well, really, only one person knows. The guy who ended up tangled up with. Case. I mean, I, I'm watching it again right now, and again, I'm not trying to defend a Florida fan. That's not our style here on the show. But you, like, watch the guy's eyes. He's n at no point does he look at Case Wall. He's looking at the officials pointing at something, and then as soon as he realizes that he's in contact, that his arm is around the dude, he he uh, he lets go, and he has a surprised look on his face. So, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Uh, let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back, get Phil in here, find out who's on the docket as well. 
It is Fed Run Radio. The drive continues on this glorious Thursday afternoon here in East Tennessee. Stay with us. The Drive, Fan Run Radio, back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues a Thursday afternoon edition of the show. Russell Bear and Marcus back with you doing the thing here on Fan Run. And let's get right back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where Phil is next. Good afternoon, Phil. What's up, What's up, Philly? How you bearing the Marcus done? Eh, doing all right. Marcus going to rip Peyton Manning again today? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You rip Peyton Manning, Marcus. Yeah, I was alerted to this, Phil, during the last break, and I'm glad to. I'm glad you brought this up. There was a miscommunication, uh, and I'd advise listening to the podcast from yesterday. Um, don't don't be snarky. Just all tell us I your said, bed. all I said, was Peyton Manning is an elite quarterback who doesn't need a good receiver because after Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, no one on that Colts team was worth anything, and he was still able to win. My point was Ryan Tannehill is below average, needs a star receiver because he can't do anything without a good receiver. So, what? in fact, Peyton Manning is elite, and that's what I was saying. Pretty cool. Got it right. You know I mean, I just like when he was at Tennessee, he didn't have lead receivers either. What's that, I Russ? Poke a dozen holes in whatever Mark has just said. But I'll, I'll be willing to let it go since he's clarified there was no Peyton slander on this show, which, as we all know, is never tolerated. Well, let's get to talking Rick Barnes now. You have this grading system you had a uh, B for him, uh, which is nice. Uh, I'll give him a, for November and December, I'll give him an A. And I'll give him a B for January. And then I gave him a D for uh, this month. How about that? Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking, Phil. Um, obviously, he has not done as well. I mean, I, I would have liked to see him manage the end of the A&M game better. I didn't think we were particularly ready to play Saturday at Kentucky. Obviously, you have to give him an A for the Alabama game. Um, at Vanderbilt, could have been managed better. I thought he made some good adjustments in the second half against Mizzou, but you lose that game. So, um, yeah. I, I I probably wouldn't go as low as a D, but um, I would go with a C maybe. Well, you look at it. Uh, I look our. Cohort Bingo had something on, uh, I heard, uh, that Barnes has got a real good record in January SEC play since he's been here. It's almost almost a 700 winning percentage. But uh, in uh, February, his win, he's almost he's just a little above 500 since he's been at Tennessee in the SEC play in, in uh, mm. uh, February. So every mm. year it starts good. And ends don't end too good. Even though last year was the exception to the rule, I think they were eight and one down the stretch uh, in conference play last year. Well, I guess that lends some credence to the his team's wear down theory. You know, is he practicing them too hard? Uh, I don't know, but I mean, yeah. if the da- if that's what the data suggests, then he needs to adjust. Well. He's too old to adjust. He's 70 years old, right? Well, he needs somebody 
you know, uh, one of his assistants to, to show that data. It's, um, it's frustrating, Phil, because uh, it, it doesn't feel like this season is, is trending towards a positive conclusion, to put it mildly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that yeah, is the, the numbers speak for themselves, man. Um, and if this is another flame out, then I, I think that wall of support that has stuck behind him so loyally is going to start to show some cracks and erode a little. Well, it's uh, erode a little bit. You know, it is what it is. I mean, in the last 14 years, he's passed the Sweet 16 one time. And that don't include being at Tennessee. He had some better talent in Texas. Think there's any chance he walks away after the year, Phil? No. I don't think he will. He's got... He's got the most skilled big man that they signed at Tennessee since he's uh, been coach coming in, and they'll probably run him though. But uh, oh, uh, and he's got two. Well, he's got one of them are sitting on campus over there, the DLO, and got the Cameron Cars. He's ranked about 40th in the country now, and he's a shooting guard too. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Athletically, they'll be a better team next year, but experience-wise, they probably won't. Of course, a lot probably defender Julian Phillips is around for another year. Uh, really, you put you put him, and if uh, if BJ, DJ, and DeLone are as good as advertised, and they'll be better athletic, they'll be a better team next year. This team is uh, devoid of talent at guard, and they're slow. Outside of the Scobie, what do they got at guard? Ziggler's uh, really a backup player is what he is. Well, you got to include Meshack in there, too. And you Where's know, your defense stopper? Ziegler and uh, Ziegler. I'm just telling you all right now, Ziegler and Meshack going to start next year at the beginning of the year anyway. Ziegler don't want to start. Let him come off the bench, and he's still going to get good playing time, but he's not wore out like he is this year. He wasn't wore out last year. It's because Kennedy Chandler was running point. I know. That's what I'm saying. Can't you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. See you. Yeah, Bear. Did you no, I mean, he doesn't he have, have to be a jackass What's about it, the matter? It, you got earwax buildup? No, I, I don't. Phil decided to act like a jerk at the end of a fairly decent phone call where he made some, in a couple of rare moments of clarity, actually made some good points. You come after me, Phil? Not today, brother. I mean, good Lord, Bear. Man good speaking Lord, English. nothing. Need an interpreter or something? Phil, Phil needs to, you know, chill out a little bit. Take it easy. He's a little out of line. You insulted him a little bit. You were a little out of order yourself. 865-546-8200, your number. Generally not a good sign when you're doing the uh, looking through the roster of next year's team. No, but I mean, he is, he is right. We're going to be, a, if everybody stays, those guys come in. I mean, athletically, um, these young guys are explosive. The three guys that we've got over there now and then bringing in Estrella and uh, what's the other kid's name? Phil just said it. Well, he'll be able to take the athleticism and, and translate it into an, another fierce defensive unit. But the two things that 
appear to be happening this year's team like you can see it coming from a mile away happening with next year's team a who's going to put the ball in the bucket and then b can they sustain that level of defensive intensity for four months or will it take its toll and, and the team begins to wear down i don't know and are we going to do it at the at the expense of our offensive production because i'm telling you all three kids that are all three of our top 100 freshmen in their high school careers and AAU careers were, you know, scoring machines, guys that attack the rim. Well, everybody who makes it to this, I'm sure Mayshack was averaging 20 points a game or more in high school. I mean, everybody who makes it to any SEC roster, even the Ole Miss uh, roster is stacked with dudes who averaged over 20 points a game in high school. Yeah, and I mean, as far as like Mayshack goes, yeah, I mean, I'm – I want to see him continue to develop his offensive game because he is our defensive stopper. I mean, he's, I, I really like – that's been one of the bright spots for me during all this is the development. That's the one guy that has kind of developed finally. So we'll see if he can be consistent with it. Well, it's been good these last two games to see. I mean, if 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 there's a positive takeaway, a revelation, it's – it's like, oh, maybe Meshack isn't the hopeless offensive thing that we thought he was coming out of the Alabama game. And like, if nothing else, first of all, he's made a couple of threes. Like, so, so that's that's pleasant. But more so than that, he's shown a determination to put his head down and get to the darn basket. Yeah. And he might not know how to finish yet, or he might not know where the ball's going. But, uh, man, if Triple J would adopt that mentality, because he's bigger than Meshack. He'd already been gone. Yeah. He's what they look – he's that size and all the measurables that they look for at the next level. Uh, I'll tell you what Meshack's got that, that nobody else on our team seems to have is the ability to rock guys back on their heels because they're afraid that he's getting ready to blow past them. He's, he's, he just comes so hard and, and, and at, at people on defense. He's, and he's attacking. So. Well, he, he's going to play a lot. I mean, you know, Barnes has his guys, and it's usually pretty quickly apparent uh, what a Barnes guy is, right, and, and, and who's not. They and defense at an incredibly pretty- high level. It's pretty clear that Ziegler and Meshack are Barnes guys, and they're going to be back next year. Awaka, uh, Awaka, yeah, is a Barnes guy. So that's a pretty good core. You got two guards and a big. They better hope this um, this big feller from Maine, what's his name? Uh, J.P. Estrella. They better help. Uh, hope this guy can play as a freshman. Yeah, but the the other problem is is that the the kinds of kids that get you deep into a tournament may not necessarily be Barnes guys. Better find some shooters, man. I'm just telling you. Gotta get some ball players. He's got them. I'm telling you, he's got he's got three right now sitting on the bench, dude. Now, DeLeon, I'll cut him. I'm not gigging him for that because he should be playing high school ball right now. But DJ and BJ, that's on him, man. DJ and BJ. 
it's insane that we've because you know if they played it name another SEC school tell me an SEC school other than here that they wouldn't have been on the floor well I get that but uh, just to play devil's advocate you know that I think they should be playing BJ I don't know about DJ but uh, BJ Edwards should be playing yeah just play devil's advocate though Name me another school that they want to build. Name me another school that's in the top 25. There's only two of them. And Tennessee's one and one against those two teams. So maybe the guy knows what he's doing. No such thing as the perfect basketball coach. No. And I, I like ours. He does a fine job. Just I like him a lot. I do. But it. I, I will admit that I, you know, I go back a little bit further. I remember the Wade years. Hell, I remember the DeVoe years are miserable, dude. They were mediocre at best. 865-546-8200, your number to get on board. Coming up, we'll find out who's on the docket. Brought to you by Fox and Farmer. The Car Wreck Pro attorneys. More of your phone calls on the way as well. The drive continues. Back with more right after this. The docket brought to you by Fox and Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro attorneys. SEC football news on the docket today. Georgia all SEC linebacker Jamon Dumas Johnson was arrested yesterday on misdemeanor charges of racing on highway streets and reckless driving. Huh. Not what, not what you want to see for a program that is reeling in the aftermath of a uh, terrible, um, perhaps alcohol fueled, deadly driving accident. High speed. Yeah. I didn't realize. You realize they crashed into like I think it was an apartment building, and yeah, that they crashed. Hit a telephone pole too. Yeah, I mean, insane speed. But yeah, they crashed. I mean, you imagine just being in. Uh, being in bed and somebody slamming into your house like that? Uh, sources confirmed multiple reports to ESPN that an incident involving Dumas Johnson occurred on January 10th, the day after. Could this be related? Could this be related to that accident? I'm okay. just reading this in real time here. January 10th. Is that, that happened? Well, that happened after their parade, right? Yeah, well... The parade was in the afternoon, about two in the morning, the end of the night. So maybe, maybe not. Probably. This, this not. might have actually happened before the deadly accident. It may have. I mean, there, there's a different feel down there. Now, I mean, you can say what kinda, you want about get, uh, like my 1980s Miami vibe coming out of Athens these days. I mean, it it just really, and and that's why, you know, I mean. Did he get a lot of the big hardware? No. But there were things. He's very similar to Rick Barnes. That's why I call Rick Barnes Rick Barnes. But, like, there was stuff that Georgie kind of didn't have to worry about a whole lot. And if you did get in trouble, I mean, Rick would send you packing. Or he'd suspend you. Nothing will beat the Georgia Athletics Director for getting fired after he was pulled over driving with a female who I believe was not his wife and a pair of women's undergarments oh, in God. his lap. 
That may have been one of the most epic. That was on the docket back in the day, wasn't it? I think so. That was. That's a good. That's almost ten years ago. But that was a. That's on the mount. Damon something. Damon Jones maybe. See if you can find that up. Who is the uh, Georgia athletics director who got uh, pulled over with the women's underwear in his lap? Marcus, see if you can find me that. Meanwhile, update on the Malik Neighbors case at LSU. He will not face a misdemeanor charge following his arrest in New Orleans on account of carrying an illegal weapon. Can do what now? uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, very lenient on these gun charges, man. I mean, I'm not anti-gun here, but uh, you've got an illegal firearm on at uh, Mardi Gras. On, yeah, I mean, it seems to me that you got to be facing something. I mean, misdemeanor. <laughs> be fortunate I mean, to get got, out with that. Call me crazy. It just seems like, and you know, and and I'm a big Second Amendment guy myself. I, I'm just saying, use some common sense. Alcohol and firearms. I was was always taught from a very young age that two things don't mix: uh, alcohol and firearms. It's just not a good idea. And if you're telling me you're going to Mardi Gras, I'm, I'm thinking you're going to get blowed away. What do you need a gun for? And finally, in Massachusetts, a former employee of a Massachusetts town is facing charges of allegedly setting up a secret cryptocurrency mining operation in a remote crawl space at a school. Remote crawl space? Yeah. 39-year-old Nadam Nahas scheduled to be arraigned today on charges of fraudulent use of electricity and vandalizing a school, but he did not show up, and a judge issued a default warrant after rejecting a defense motion to reschedule. A listed number for Nahas was not accepting messages today, according to the AP. Police responded to Cohasset Middle-slash-High School In December of 2021, after the town's facilities director found electrical wires, temporary ductwork, and numerous computers that seemed out of place while conducting a routine inspection of the school. Contacted the uh, town's IT director, who determined that it was a cryptocurrency mining operation unlawfully hooked up to the school's electrical system. Coast Guard Investigative Service and the Department of Homeland Security assisted with safely removing and examining the equipment. CGIS, huh? Evidently. Crypto mining, the process of validating cryptocurrency transactions and creating new cryptocurrency, consumes vast amounts of electricity. Nahas, the town's assistant facilities director, was identified as a suspect after a three-month investigation. After a show cause hearing, a criminal complaint was issued. Nahas subsequently resigned from his job with the town in early 2022, according to police. So this guy's like taking a bunch of computers and setting them up in a crawl space to set up a crypto. And I will be perfectly honest. I just read that story to explain what it was. I still have no idea what cryptocurrency yeah. mining is. I, I don't either. All I know is that I've seen enough of these things that it it eats a massive amount of power. And uh, I mean, it's a pretty good idea. It as generates far as a lot of heat. Go to, yeah, but well, it's it's really not though because there's no way to hide the power. 
Because, I mean, these things, these, like I watched something on 60 Minutes, like totally don't understand what it is. Uh, but what I did get was it eats power like crazy, like spikes. Like they look for it. It'd be like going into a store with no mask on and announcing your Social Security, you know, just announcing everybody, hey, I'm robbing this place. Guy's a dummy. How'd you think you were going to get away with this? He would have if it weren't for you meddling kids. I mean, a school system? Like, you you got a family member in education, Russ, and works in education. Don't get any ideas, Bear. You don't think that a school Bear's system? cryptocurrency mining operation found at local Knox County schools. Local radio host, Bear, was led away in cuffs. No, because I'm not done. I wouldn't do that. A school yeah. system's going to notice if all of a sudden they've got like a $50,000 electrical bill for one month. Well, they didn't. They were making a routine grounds inspection. The guy had it hidden. And they came across it? Yeah. Found some, some wires and like, oh, where, where does this go? It's kind of like the uh, when uh, Sir Alec Guinness found the wires buried in the sand on bridge the end of Bridge on the River Kwai. Great Spoiler movie. alert. Seen that movie? Any of you guys in here? No? No. That's, that's disappointing. That's disappointing. One of the classics, Sir David Lean, consult your local library. That is the docket brought to you by Fox and Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro attorneys. You can check them out online at foxandfarmer.com. If you've been injured in an automobile accident, perhaps you've uh, slipped and fallen and you couldn't get up. Perhaps a motorcycle accident. If you are injured, you cannot work. You cannot earn. You need to call Fox and Farmer. Sit down with them for a free, no obligation consultation to discuss your case and figure out what your options are. It doesn't cost anything to sit down with them and talk. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So that's the deal at Fox and Farmer. Call them today. Tell them Fan Run sent you. 865 531 OO is their number. 531-9400. They're online at foxandfarmer.com. Russell and Bear and Marcus and you wrapping up our second hour of the show. Uh, I'll be with you for one more segment. Marcus and Bear will have the second half of hour number two. Um, so stay tuned for that. A little overtime coming up next. Damon Evans was the former Georgia athletics director, who's now evidently the AD and told at Maryland. How did that guy get another job? He bounced back. That's pretty. That's a pretty big bounce back from being on the Mount Rushmore of the drives docket. Yeah. Everybody deserves a second chance, I suppose. He hired Mike Loxley. And who's their basketball coach now? We beat them. Who's their coach? Oh, what is that guy's name? They fired that Mark Turgeon guy, right? I think so. Intern Ben is telling me Kevin Miller. Willard. Willard. Kevin Willard. Did you ever see that movie, Willard? Willard? Do what? Did you see that movie, Willard? About the rat? Yeah, with uh, what's his name? Uh, creepy guy from Back to the Future, Crispin Glover. Love Crispin Glover. 
What about his appearance on the uh, – I watched that uh, over the weekend. I, I meant to bring this up. On uh, Letterman? Yeah. He, almost, he, he went on there on acid or something, right? Yeah. I'm Letterman. I can kick, Dave. You bet kick about roundhouse kicked Letterman. What was – there's that one. And Dave they, had some great interviews. The, Of course, the infamous Andy Kaufman, uh, Jerry the King Lawler feud. Oh, who's that other guy that he had? He had he used to have him on all the time. The kid was absurd. And he was really funny, and then they had a falling out. What about uh, Joaquin Phoenix had a memorable appearance mm. where he just, like, uh, he was all doing gothed the, out and just kind of sat there and brooded? Well, he was doing that. He was, you know, he's a method actor, one of those. And he was, he went on in character. In character. Yeah. It's a work. Yeah, sure and Dave then, appreciated uh, that. Oh, uh, I saw another one, Eddie Vedder, because he kept. Uh, remember, Letterman used to. He would kind of. He wasn't really making fun of him, but he would do that thing we do where we like mimic Trey or something. But he mimicked him from. Uh, it's a Pearl Jam song, Black. Wah! Really? Yeah. And then find, yeah, and then Eddie Vedder shows up one night with a microphone, and he, Paul hits it, and he does the deal. And then he just That's walks funny. off and walks out the door. That's funny. What about uh, Drew uh, Barrymore, I think, jumped up on his desk and uh, gave looked, him a peek at yeah. the twins? Yeah, he looked kind of happy. Good work if you can get it, I suppose. He had some weird thing with – remember Madonna? He had he had some all-timers. Yeah, man. She, she, had a, she had a controversial appearance. What did you – she rip up a picture of the Pope or something? No, that was uh, that bald, that bald-headed broad from oh. Ireland, Sinead O'Connor. Store picture that of the was Pope. Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, on Saturday Night Live, she's on the list of people who are banned from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> got to, you got to really put one over to make that list. Stay with us. Hour number three of the drive coming up next, right here on Fan Run Radio. 